Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodcher. Terrific. So this week on the pod, we are going to talk about the blood-sucking vampire bats. Ooh. I wanted to do some animals that are associated with Halloween in the weeks leading up to the holiday, and vampire bats seem like a logical choice. Oh yeah. But uh, not only are we going to be covering vampire bats, but we are going to be cover a bit of vampire lore as well. Hmm. I courtesy mean, uh, of uh, uh. courtesy of Dave. <laughs> And uh, we're recording this episode a little bit early this week uh, because, Dave, you are going out of town. Why don't you tell everybody where you're going? Um, no, I think we don't need to do that. Come on, Dave, just tell, <laughs> let them know where you're going. All right, we're going to Disneyland, okay? We're going to Disneyland. Gosh, <laughs> well, I'm I mean, happy now. No. Weren't, weren't you just there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave might be a bit of a Disney freak, along with uh, his wife, Dana. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? They acknowledge it and they know they are Disney freaks. Uh, so are you going to dress up for Hall- in a Halloween costume while you're there? No, no. No? You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Y- are you sure you're not just telling <laughs> they, me that? No, I'm not I'm not dressed up. <laughs> there are people that do. They have that uh, haunted Mi- or uh, Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party they do. So people will dress up for that. Mm-hmm. That's what they're supposed to because they go trick-or-treating around Disneyland. Okay. Well, but we're not doing that. So, uh, well, you're, you're still Disney freaks, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, you went last month, but that's yeah. okay. So I actually, uh, I made Dave work a little harder uh, this week than usual. And so I made him cover all the vampire lore and stuff. Uh, from what he tells me, he's got some good stuff. So we're, um, we're looking to look forward to that. We're going to cover that at the end of the episode, okay? Sounds good. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode. It was uh, it was really fun. That was a yeah. good one. Uh, we talked about... People who were killed by unusual animals. Do you remember what the what they were? The stories. Yeah, were? there was. Uh, well, I remember the horse one, of course. <laughs> the horse, of the, course. Yep. Um, the uh, the roosters. Yeah, the cocks. Uh, the cock uh, fights. Oh shoot! What was the other one? <sighs> All right, I'll just tell. I you. know there was another good one. What was it? Oh, there was three other good ones because we had the gooch catfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also had the guy who's jet seeing, uh, jet oh, skiing, and duck. got hit by the yeah. duck. And then a guy who, or a swan who forced a man overboard. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hope, and also the infamous horse horse story. Uh, I hope every I hope nobody was too grossed out by it. Uh, but you know, how could you not be? <laughs> well, uh, come not on, too Matt. grossed you out have for to have it. Been. But anyway, if you weren't too grossed out, you'd be like. <laughs> Mm, wow. I'll have to look that <laughs> okay, up. Okay, so we we hope you were grossed out a little bit <laughs> by the horse episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it, though, didn't we? Yeah. And last week we had a special guest with us as well. He runs the Sports Project podcast, my good friend, Breck Snyder. And so we thank him for being on. He did a good job of yeah, promoting really us good. on. Some, yeah. So uh, all he did a good job being here, and he did a good job promoting us on social oh, media. Okay. And, yeah, he brought, he's the, he brought us the... Story of the guy who died by a rooster at the cockfight. Yeah. So it's a crazy story. So go check out last week's episode if you haven't yet. I hope you're grossed out, I guess. That's what we, yeah. we're saying now. Uh, <laughs> but if you like sports, go and check out Breck's podcast as well. It's available on all the same platforms we are. I'll try to put a link in the description below as well. But also, thank you to all of our listeners. And I feel like we're we've gotten... 
more hits in the last few weeks, and right so on. so we're 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 rising. We're over, uh, including Spotify. We're over thirteen hundred hits. Nice. So you know what? We're we're gaining some weight. I mean, we definitely want more, but we are grateful for what we have. So thank you. And also, Australia has taken over the lead for international downloads. Wow! So thank you, Australia, and come on, Canada. You're falling behind. They were ahead. <laughs> Canada. Oh, blame Canada. Blame Canada. <laughs> also, the UK and Sweden are close up there as well. We even had some hits from India. Hey, right on. It might have been just like one guy who clicked it a few times. I don't really know, but hey, we got we got some Indian. Right on. Maybe in some Indian listeners. And we also had a hits from Vietnam. Wow. We might be becoming a big hit in Southeast Asia. Well, good morning, Vietnam. Even though yeah, we talk a lot about Southeast Asia, India comes up often. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool. So thank you in, uh, to our international listeners and, of course, our listeners here in the States. Uh, our top three state listeners are obviously going to be Utah, our home state, yeah. with uh, a lot of people. They are significantly in front. But do you know, <laughs> actually, you know what? The Our second place, California. Thank you, California. You right are on. killing it for us right now. Thank you very much. And in third place is my uh, where I li- was living all last year was Arizona. Hey, right on. Yeah, I mean they could do better. So Arizona, step it up. You're you got a ways <laughs> to catch up to California. But those are our top three states. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. And if you enjoy the show, what you can do is go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something nice. It helps us gain more attention, more listeners. And you know what? It helps Dave and I feel pretty good about ourselves. Yeah. So if you don't have iTunes, say something on our social media accounts or whatever platform you use. We we love to hear feedback. So please do that if you get a chance. All right. But you know what? I've rambled on long enough. So what do you say we get started on this Halloween-themed episode? Sounds good. Vampire Bats. Now, vampire bats and, you know, really bats in general are associated with darkness, violence, witchcraft, death, and of course, vampire lore. So let's get into these little blood suckers, all right? Let's do it. We, <laughs> we will mostly be talking about, uh, the, okay, yeah, well, mostly there's three species of vampire bats. Okay. The, there's the common vampire bat, the hairy-legged vampire bat, Ooh. and the white-winged vampire bat. Wow. We will mostly be talking about the common vampire bat, but we're also going to mention the other two. Okay. But uh, these three species are found from central Mexico and all through Central America and into South America, going to the northern parts of Chile and Argentina. Huh. So the majority of South America continent and into Central America up to Mexico. Okay, so um, you got to debunk this then if it is. Uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, going through India to, (laughs) what is it, Bangkok Palace? They're, they're like, what is that? Vampire bats flying overhead. Really? Is that are they? I not, don't remember that. Are they not indigenous? Indiana to... Jones messed up. Oh, okay, okay. They are not indigenous. So they're not in anywhere Asia. over okay. there. They are in the Americas only. Oh, okay. So in- Indiana Jones was full of shit on that one. You heard it here, everyone. You heard it here, <laughs> Matthew D. Hamilton. <laughs> so, all right. 
they differentiate themselves from other bat species because of their unusual eating habits and that their food source is blood. Mm. This is called... Okay, this is one of those words. <laughs> Hematopagavi. Hematopagraphy. We're going to say that. You have do you you have it in I your notes as well. Let me see if I can here. If you don't here, try here, Dave. Hema, hematopog, to, hematophage, fate, hematof, hem, hematophagy. <laughs> Sorry, it's a tough one, huh? So hematophagy. that's why I only wrote it down once. We're not going to mention it Sorry. again. Anyway, it means to eat blood, so we're not going to mention that word again. Or I'm not going to. You can. <laughs> Good luck. Um, other animals um, also are like this. It's like mosquitoes, leeches, and there's actually a few bird species that are wow. bloodsuckers as well. But let's talk about bats in general for a second. So all bats. We, we, we haven't really covered bats before. We've mentioned them briefly, but uh, we're going to kind of hit on them a little bit as a just a species. So bats are the only mammal capable of fl true flight where they can actually fly some of them like a sugar glider they can kind of glide and with their okay. way down but bats are the only ones capable of flight okay bats are also the I, I didn't know this the second largest order of animal species so what that means is they account for 20 percent of all classified mammal species Wow, you mean they have more labels of names, or you mean they they represent so many mammals in the world? Twenty percent of all mammals are bats. Oh my goodness! That's all identified species. Twenty percent of them are bats, and that comes to around to about uh, twelve hundred species. Wow! But they're not even in first place. Oh. The animal family that has the most by far are rodents. Huh, rodents okay. actually account for. Uh, the most with 60% of all mammal species. Oh. So we, with with rodents and bats, we just counted 80% of all mammal species right there. Isn't Gee, that crazy? Yeah. And if you think about it, bats are pretty much flying rodents anyway. Yeah. Aren't they classified <laughs> as one? No, no. Bats are their own thing. Oh, okay. Well, not scientifically, but I mean... As a pest thing, aren't they? Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm, pr probably. In some areas, yeah, definitely. Hmm. So... <clears throat> The vast majority of bats are fruit-eating bats and insect-eating bats. So the largest bat in the world is the giant golden-crowned flying fox. That seems like a long name, doesn't wow, it? Wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is native to the Philippines, and it weighs in around four pounds with a wingspan of about five and a half feet. So, wow. I mean... You would, I, I thought they might have weighed more, but they don't. Uh, but their wingspan, these guys' wingspan is incredibly big. Uh, look yeah. at pictures, they literally look like a flying fox. They have a snout, wow, just like a fox does, and so hence their name, flying fox. And it, it so it does make sense. But now, so the smallest bat species is called the Kittis hognose bat. And lots of lots of these bat species are named after their nose shape or some kind of. Okay. So I guess scientists kind of got lazy <laughs> and have. I mean, having to go through twelve hundred of twelve hundred <laughs> different species. They're like that one's got a leaf nose. That one's got a frog. <laughs> yeah. And that one's a fox. And so <laughs> that might have played a part in the naming of some of these species. Yeah. But so the smallest ones, these guys weigh less than one ounce. 
Wow. They are sometimes called the bumblebee bat because think of are the they size that of small. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Bumblebee bat. Uh, their wingspan is less than an inch and a half. Jeez. So that's uh, I'm, I'm oh making the measurement with my hand right now, and that is tiny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But and they are found in uh, Thailand and one of, if not the world's smallest mammal in general. Period. Oh, okay. So ah, that's isn't that small? Yeah. Bats are actually a lot smaller than what I took them for in general. Yeah. Uh, but bats, bats are found all over the world except extremely clo- uh, cold climates. Also on every continent except Antarctica. Hmm. Bats are a keystone species and are extremely important for their ecosystems for pollinating flowers and dispersing seeds. Many tropical plants depend entirely on bats. Hmm. Uh, Bats also provide benefits as well as threats to humans. So bat dung, also known as Guano. Guano? I, I always think of Ace Ventura whenever I hear Guano. Do you remember that <laughs> I don't one? I remember that part. The, sec- the Ace Ventura, the, the second one. Oh, I can't remember any Dave, of that. I, I thought you would have you got that one. Anyway, mm, for our listeners, sorry. Guano. They, they'll <laughs> know what I mean. Uh, uh, guano, for, so what the, we use them for is guano from caves can be used as fertilizer. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's a big, it's a good source because it like it literally guano in some caves like it all just has bats and they hang from the ceiling and then their droppings fall on the ground and it literally just levels up. It, <laughs> you could be in pools of guano at some point. Gee. And so naturally, it makes sense to use that. It'd be good for fertilization. Yeah. Uh, bats also consume insect pests. So insects okay, we don't yeah. like. Bats are really good at um, keeping them under control. And reduces the need for pesticides in some areas. Right on. And they can also serve as a tourist attraction. And some places during the, in the world, uh, particularly the ones in Austin, Texas, millions of bats live under the bridge. Have you ever seen? Oh, really? Have no. You, you've never, yeah. Have you ever heard of these? Uh-uh. No. So million, like millions of bats live under the bridge in certain parts, times of the year. And I watched a video on this, and God, it's really cool. But the bats will just start right before, right when the sun starts going down. They uh-huh. come out, and there's kayakers, there's people watching from all over. There's so there's hundreds of tourists that watch this when this happens, and the bats just fly from under the bridge. Million, they darken the sky. Wow, it's it's really cool. That'd be crazy. I hope they would they would uh, wear a poncho or something. You know, <laughs> for the for the guano. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be helpful to do that. Yeah, yeah I watched a couple of videos. I'll show you one after. It's, okay. it's really cool. Um, also, in parts of a- uh, Asia, so this isn't including vampire bats. Uh, also, in parts of Asia, people use them as a food source. And I think they use really? them. Oh, they, man. they use them as a food source probably in other places too, but I know specifically in Asia. That they eat bats. Oh. Uh, now on the negative side, bats are natural reservoirs of many pathogens and diseases, hmm. and can spread the deadly de- and can spread these deadly diseases to humans very rapidly. And you know which disease comes to mind here? Maybe it might be our our <laughs> old pal, rabies. 
babies. All right, so after the show, we're going to make uh, a sound clip, and hopefully it works out in that spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they carry lots of deadly diseases, uh, especially rabies. Um, if you want to know more about rabies, you know what they, you know what, uh, listeners, you know what you can do? Go check out episode 12, where we cover it in depth. Oh, yeah. And rabies is going to come up more in this episode, too. That's why I'm really yeah. glad we did an episode on it. So now we, instead of going over it again yeah. every episode, we're just like, go reference episode 12. Yeah. And then you'll we, hear all about it. That yeah, was a good idea. A big, uh, yeah. If you need to learn about rabies in school, go get check the it out. Yeah, if you, you could do a whole project in school. Yeah. You're but, welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> um, all right. But let's get back to our, our topic. It's vampire bats. And while the three vampire bat species are all different, they are closer in relation to each other than any other bat species. Okay. That, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So the hairy-legged and white-winged vampire bats primarily feed on the blood of birds. Oh, interesting. So they're arboreal, so they're in trees the, the most of the time. Uh, while the common vampire bat feeds off the blood of other mammals. So now, how big are these hairy vampire bats? I'm gonna. Oh, okay. We got that coming, Dave. We so got I'm curious. That they're all they're all about the same size. All three right, species okay. are about the same size. The so, common ones might be a little bit bigger. They're they're not going to be as big as you think. Oh really? Okay. They're they're going to be so, so. Indiana Jones messed up again. Then yeah, vampire they're giant bats. vampire bats. They're not no. <laughs> Do not exist. I'm sorry. There's there's a species of false, uh, false vampire bats. Oh yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look into it enough. Maybe we're. Gonna Maybe have... that's just their name. No, no, they're they're, not... they're false vampire bats, and they're uh, they're uh, they might be in India. So, oh. yeah, we need to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> pause. Pause. Okay. So Dave did not believe me on something about the Indiana Jones. He was sure that the vampire bats lived there, and we had to put the episode on pause so I could prove him wrong. And we looked it up, and so in India, there is something called, there's a bat species called the false vampire bat. And now the they are not true vampire bats. They do not uh, feed on the blood. They are actually carnivores, and they do, but they feed on like insects, small mammals, things like that. So Indiana Jones was incorrect in their portrayal of vampire bats. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I learned everything I knew up until this point. <laughs> so we are catching everybody up if that's what you thought vampire bats were that is incorrect but let's are you ready to get going back yeah, again let's do it. <laughs> so let's talk about the common vampire bat or its latin name desmodus rotundus hmm and it looks just like a typical bat for the most part what you would think of dark on top grayer on its belly but what really makes it stand out is its vampire-like fangs. Ooh. It actually has the fewest teeth of, among bat species, but the their two front teeth are like buck teeth that are razor sharp. Oh. So think of think of that. So are they? Do they look like vampire fangs, or are they just no, a no, jagged they, fang? Or so small they jagged look thing? no, they look legit like razor okay. sharp vampire fangs, and those are their two f buck teeth. Oh. And then they also have two good-sized canine teeth. Oh wow! To add to it, so uh, these guys. Uh, so yeah, that's their teeth, and uh, these guys are actually on par in ugliness with hyenas. 
<laughs> I think <laughs> they are not good looking animals, but at the same time, maybe they're like, they're so cute. They're so ugly that they're cute, so cute at the same time, maybe. Oh. But they are not large either. They're really quite small and they only weigh in at two to four ounces. And have a wingspan of around seven inches or so. So that's really small. So I thought of this. So a way to compare it, um, grab your phone. Your phone is about the size of a vampire bat. Yeah. Only a couple ounces, about seven to eight inches long. That's a vampire bat. Yeah, so now you you can... You won't think of your phone as the same anymore. Yeah, (laughs) pull it out. It's a vampire bat. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like I said earlier, they are found from Mexico down to Argentina and throughout the Amazon. And they can actually be found as far north into Mexico, only 200 miles from the border of the the United States. Oh, wow. Okay. But uh, no known vampire bats are in the U.S. This is going to come up in one of our stories, so remember that. Okay. Okay. so uh, the vampire bats, they will congregate and roost in trees, uh, abandoned buildings, old wells, old mines, and of course, caves. They will actually roost with other bat species, and they tend to be the most dominant of all these bat species. <laughs> with teeth like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they occupy the darkest and highest places, and I guess those are the most sought after for bats. Hmm. Furthest away from the guano. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Let's get into the most interesting thing about them, their blood-sucking habits. They primarily feed on mammal blood, particularly that of livestock. So like cattle, horses, pigs, uh, lambs, things like that. They will feed on wild animals as well, but prefer the domesticated ones. Uh, probably because it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to run around. They're literally trapped in a corral or something yeah. most of the time. And they actually favor horse blood of all of these. Oh, interesting. So when given a choice, the bats would always choose uh, horse blood over cow blood. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Kind of the opposite of humans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, would choose, horse- I would choose a hamburger cow. over a horse burger. <laughs> but... Vampire bats, as you would guess, they hunt at night. They are pretty much nocturnal and using their echolocation to find prey. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm not going to go into echolocation. There is just too much to the science of it. I was looking on like the Wikipedia and a couple other things and like, I'm just going to skip it. Okay. So we all, we all kind of know what echolocation is. Yeah. So just think of it like a sonar. Like, for submarines, which bats use to navigate and find food, okay? Yeah. I'm not a scientist, and it would have taken a lot more time. And since, since uh, I'm going to blame it on Dave to go to Disneyland again, and he didn't yeah. allow me an extra day to research it. <laughs> <laughs> but when a vampire bat finds a target to go after, they will land on the animal or near it and climb up onto it usually targeting the neck of its prey. Oh, wow. Pretty vampire-like. Yeah. Um, so They go for the jugular. Yeah, heat sensors in the nose help it to detect blood vessels near the surface of the skin. Oh, and maybe that's why, because you get more in the neck. Yeah, and you, you could spot them easier. That makes... I can, mm. I can buy that. 
it then pierces the animal's skin with its razor sharp uh, buck teeth, uh, biting away a small flap and then uses its tongue to like lap up the blood. Oh, weird. Their tongue uh, has grooves in it to allow it to do this easily. Huh. But yeah, it's really weird. And so they really, I'll, you'll know it in the, the story that I bring later on, but they really don't make a very big hole. Huh. But this is pretty cool. I wonder if the, you you know, you'd think that the animal wouldn't, you know, if it got bit like that, it'd be like, hey, get off, you know, and try to fight well, it off. They do it so, uh, they the animals can't feel it. Wow. It's so subtle that they don't feel it at all. So that's pretty cool. Um, the sli- and so this is this is the coolest part. In the vampire bat saliva, they have this anticoagulant that will keep blood from clotting. Oh, gee. So yeah, we'll keep the blood from clotting while they feast. The animal will continue, and so if it, if an animal gets bitten by the bat, the animal will continue bleeding in hours afterwards. Oh my goodness! But it's, it's such a small incision that it's not gonna oh, okay be a huge deal. Uh, yeah, not enough to cause harm. Yeah. It's also uncommon for bats to feed on the same animal at the same time, and they will fight each other off. Oh, which is, okay. Yeah, that was kind of odd. Uh, and contrary to that, <laughs> they don't uh, share blood sucking on the animal, but they are very cooperative and will even, so kind of gross, but they will regurgitate food to give, regurgitate the blood to give to others. Oh, wow. They're kind of a very family-based. Okay, okay. Um, so obviously a mother will do this with her young, but even adult bats will share with other adult bats. Interesting. And so another thing, they also participate in mutual grooming. Hmm. So they will, like, lick each other clean. So re- remember this, because it's going to come up in a story as well. Okay. But bats will simu- simultaneously clean one another to and to clean in one another, and it helps build social bonds. Hmm. So remember uh, our conservation status that we yeah. like to cover? Yeah. Um, conservation status is one through seven. Uh, one being the worst, that means you're extinct. And then two means you're only in captivity. Three means you are uh, all you are endangered, and then for, oh, so on from there up to seven, which means of least concern. What do you think these guys are? Uh, well, since they make up twenty percent of the population, well, I say well, not they, but the bat species. I'm talking about just the vampire bats. Oh, just the vampire bats. Gal, mm, I don't know. They are actually a seven. They are of least oh, concern, okay. so they are doing just fine. Okay. All right, so now we're going to go over kind of some random facts that I didn't have a place for earlier. Okay. I like to do this on our solo episodes. So the average lifespan in the wild is around nine years. That's longer than I thought it would be. Yeah. The vampire bat lineage, uh, it diverted into bloodsuckers and evolved into drinking blood around 26 million years ago that we believe. <laughs> okay. So before that, yeah. So they evolved into being the bloodsuckers. Huh. So um, also, most other bats don't have much ability to move on land very well at all. Uh-huh. But vampire bats are an exception. They huh. can move much better on the ground than any other than pretty much all other bat species, using their forelimbs attached to their wings. 
They are capable of leaping a good distance as well. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And they have thumbs on their wings as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they, make sure they can grip the animal maybe? Or? Yes. I'm not sure. Climb so, up. Well, they it. use their, their back two legs. Their back two legs don't have much power. They're mostly just for hanging. Oh, okay. Uh, but vampire bats also are very have very good eyesight and oh. use their vision for long range. Oh. So not all bats are blind. That's a misconception. Blind is a bat. That's not always true. Interesting. They even have very well-developed sense of smell and hearing as well. Hmm. And then you tack on the echolocation, then that's pretty helpful. Wow. And like we have said, vampire bats and bats in general can carry rabies. Most of the most of the danger comes to the livestock they feed on, but can also be transmitted to humans. As sometimes vampire bats will feed on humans, as you'll find out mm. a couple in the stories. So here's something, another interesting thing. So the unique properties of the vampire bat saliva have had some positive uses in modern medicine. Hmm. A genetically engineered drug called. Here's one of these words, uh, desmoteplas, hmm. which uses the anticoagulant properties of the saliva, and it has been shown to increase blood flow in stroke victims. Oh, okay. That, I, mean, I could buy that. Yeah. With their, that's, that's pretty cool, at least. Uh, and also, vampire bats, they are... Normally not associated with things such as saving people in medicine. They are associated with darkness, yeah, violence, witchcraft, vampires, and death. You sound like Batman. Yeah, that was my Batman voice. What'd you think? <laughs> good, good. Vampire Batman. <laughs> um, so, also, vampire uh, bites on humans are rare, and unless they carry a disease, they really aren't that big of a deal. Okay. okay. So some of our listeners really like when we do this. This is our bats in pop culture. Uh, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of vampire movies. So we aren't going to cover to talk about vampire movies or anything like that right now. Um, however, there is a film called The Vampire Bat, made oh. in 1933. Oh, wow. But after looking into it, it was about a vampire. <laughs> oh. It wasn't about the bats. Oh, but uh, another film called Vampire Bats was made in 2005. Ooh. And how this movie never won an Oscar, I, I will never know. <laughs> it's one Is of it those... competing with the likes of uh, Sharknado? And... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's one of those uh, shitty sci-fi films, like C-list horror movies. But I'm actually, I kind of have a soft spot for those. I kind of yeah, dig them. Yeah, some of them are actually funny. So I watched the trailer for this, and it looked stupid, and you know, like a 2005-level CGI and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, it stars Lucy Lawless. Oh. You know that is? Well, yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah. You might know her as Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. Lucy Blonde Lawless sounds stars, more like a... Uh, Battleship Galactica. Yeah. Lucy Lawless sounds more like a porn name, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, she was Xena Warrior Princess. She's also been in... What'd you say? Uh, Star or Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and yeah. also Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. I've been watching that one. Yeah, it's pretty... That's I like that show. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And she's been in Spartacus. She's in even been in Parks and Rec. Oh, really? I don't know which character. I'm kind of a minor character, but oh, okay. uh, you know what? Not too shabby of an acting career, I would no. say. 
Uh, the film has a 4.3 rating on IMDb, so not very good. No. Um, so the next film isn't necessarily Vampire Bats, but I'm mentioning it anyway because I watched this as a kid, and I, I just re- I feel like I just remembered it specifically. The film is called Bat. <laughs> it was made in 1999, and I I remember watching it as on as a kid on cable. Oh yeah, and hoping my mom wouldn't come in because it was rated R. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, like eleven years old or something. Man, careful, she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's about genetically mutated bats that escape. So you know, it's a, a very original plot. Yeah, that's never been done before. <laughs> it seems like almost all these animal attack type movies have the exact same premise: evil scientists, genetically enhanced us. animals that escape and wreak havoc. <laughs> but uh, I think this film, I think this film went into theaters too. I'm not oh. sure, but it stars a very handsome Lou Diamond Phillips, oh. and it also stars Leon, and I'm, that is his stage name, is just Leon. You might hmm. know him from playing Doris in Cool Runnings. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the guy who played Doris in Cool Runnings is in it. Wow, okay. So I, I remembered him, maybe that's why I watched it as a kid, because like, oh, hey, let's go that guy, the Jamaican <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> he's not Jamaican, by the way. Oh, he's not? <laughs> no. But it is not a very good film, as it has a 3.7 stars on IMDb. Oh. Now, I know that was uh, doing the films is kind of useless information, but you know what? I think it's fun to do every time. Yeah. I like doing it. So, Dave, let's let's move into a few stories. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then we will end on some of your vampire lore that you brought Okay. Us, okay? Sounds so, good. So, this story comes from August of 2011 where the CDC reported the first known case of a person dying in the United States as a result of a vampire bat bite. Oh, okay. So it's going to make sense here in a second. The person who died was a 19-year-old man, and I never got his name and never said. He is from Mexico and died while he was on a trip to Louisiana. Mm. So what happened was he was bit in Mexico. And the bat had our old pal, rabies. Remember, it takes weeks for rabies symptoms to show up, sometimes months. And if you don't get medical treatment before symptoms show, Dave, what is the death rate? Uh, 100%. You're exactly right. 100% death rate. And this guy did not get treatment. And a a few weeks later on his trip, he dies from rabies in Louisiana. Now, authorities say, don't let this worry people of Louisiana since the bite happened in Mexico and no vampire bats have been found in the U.S. But from this story, I can kind of see how I can see how a bat bite would go undetected, kind of. Yeah. I mean, as we said, bats are the bites are barely noticed, just some blood. Uh, This the only yeah, the only indication is blood similar to like a bed bug. I mean, but it's going to be more blood than that. But uh, listeners, remember, if you get bitten by an animal, especially a mammal and a wild mammal in the United States and in the United States, especially if you get bit by a bat, go get medical attention. You do not want to be a rabies statistic. No, it does not sound fun. So for our next story, we are going to May of 2017. And we are going to Brazil. Okay. 
You know what? This is actually our first Brazil story. Oh, yeah. That we've covered. You know what? It might even be our first South American story. Maybe. I, I was thinking about it yeah. earlier. I was like, I don't think we've had a South America story. Oh. That's interesting. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, first we meet a man named Edavlasen Francisco Souza. He is 46 years old. He was milking a cow on a farm in Perimium when he accidentally stepped on a vampire bat that bites his foot. He kind mm. of dismisses the incident, washes, washes the wound, but uh, failed to see a doctor. Only three weeks later, he was hospitalized, suffering from headaches, nausea, severe anxiety, and shortness of breath. Mm. He tested positive for rabies. Mm. And it was too late for doctors to administer the vaccine, and he passes away a few days later. Oh. That's the thing with rabies, man. So, yeah. get this. and this, this is the same story. So, a few days after his death, in the city of Salvador, uh, and it's, it's, it's a bit a ways away from the, uh, the other city. It's about 400 miles from where the man had died. There was an outbreak of vampire bat attacks. Forty people were recorded to have been bitten in a few weeks, period. Wow. Yeah. People would wake up to find pools of blood soaked in their beds. Gee. And so I'm going to read a quote. This is a quote from one of the victims who was bitten, and he was bitten three times. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) When I woke up in the morning, I found the bed was wet. It had been raining overnight, and I thought water had dripped in, but it... It was my blood. It was such a shock. The wound was tiny, but deep. The blood was dark and thick, and the area wouldn't stop bleeding even when I tried washing it off. Oh, man. The anticoagulant. So the disease control teams from this area went out and full force into an effort to cull these bats by catching a few... And then what, so they would catch a few of the wild bats Mm -hmm. and then they would apply a venom like paste to their bodies. Hmm. Okay. So remember how I said they will clean each other Uh and lick each other. That's what the plan was. Um, Other bats licking the the ones that uh, had the venom paste on them and that would, they they would ingest it and then that would kill them. Oh. That's clever enough. Yeah. I could buy it. I don't I didn't find out if it worked. <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So this next quote is from Araldo Carniero, who heads the rabies surveillance surveillance unit. And he says, We have detected shifts in bat behavior and a worrying increase in the population in the area. We believe this is due to deforestation. And uh, the destruction of caves, which forces the bats to migrate to the cities. The city center does not have the normal source of food for them, such as horses and cattle. The vampire bats must find an alternative to live on. So they bite dogs and cats. And when these aren't available, they turn to humans. Gee. I mean, I can. that makes sense. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that's a crazy story. And this yeah. isn't like... Northeastern part of Brazil where this is happening. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah. Okay, so I have one more story. Uh, This is going to be a quick one. 
This takes place in northern Peru. And okay. it takes place in 2015 through 2016. Mm. This happens deep in the Amazon jungle. When a rabies outbreak happens inside of an indigenous tribe called the Uncun. Huh. Uh, so yeah, indigenous tribe out in the middle of the jungle. Think like that. Vampire bats have reportedly transmitted rabies by feeding on people and have killed 12 children. Oh. These children range from 8 to 15 years old, and this all happens between September and February. Hmm. Now get this. Before finally contacting the outside world for help, the indigenous people thought the children's deaths were due to witchcraft. Oh. And that's why they didn't report the outbreak earlier. Huh. I mean, with some of these indigenous tribes, they have uh, very beliefs, yeah. and I, I know they're old age beliefs, and I don't want to make, make fun of that, like people's beliefs or not, whatnot, but they are very old age, and uh, witchcraft is still a big part of it, and this happens all over the world. Wow. Um, the Peruvian government declared a health emergency to get medical aid to the region quickly. And freed up funds to for additional vaccines to be flown into the village, into the village, because there are no roads, even remotely close to it. So they gotta fly it in by wow. helicopter, and I imagine that'd be very difficult to help these people out yeah. living in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, yeah that's uh, another crazy bat story. Gee. And so that's gonna that's gonna end our coverage of these little bloodsuckers. Interesting <laughs> little guys, though, huh? Yeah. And no, they are not in India, like Indiana okay. Jones says. <laughs> uh, but and this also is a good callback to our old pal Rabies. Rabies. All right, <laughs> uh, Dave. Let's get into what you have prepared. Oh, okay. Let's talk about vampire lore. Now, I've right. always been a. I'm a big fan of vampires and vampire lore. So, all right. I am ready to hear this. Who isn't? I mean, everybody's watched uh, Dracula before, right? Or, of course. I would hope or so. Or True Blood. or uh... <laughs> I, I, I have not seen that show. Oh, really? How about Lost Boys? Did you watch Lost Boys? Um, No, but I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that one. You should watch that one. That was the one back in my day. Growing up, that was the vampire movie to see. Okay, so anyway, uh, vampire lore. You know, it's just vampire bats are aptly named vampire bats because they suck on blood, which is supposedly what vampires do, or Dracula does, and it all kind of stems from this, uh, just stories brought up throughout the ages. Um, um, Makes sense. I, I don't know if I should start with Dracula or just kind of start how they started thinking things like. I mean, let's start with you know Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's kind of what. Uh, I guess mainstreamed what we know today, right? You know, yeah, yeah. for I mean, vampire the novel, yeah. But he was studying Bram Stoker himself was studying about Vlad the Impaler, of course, oh, you know, yeah. which they say that's where we got Dracula from. Well, this it, it, it kind people, of right? people, yeah. It's one of those things. Nobody knows a mixed for bag. sure. I think it's a mixed bag yeah. of people of lore from various places. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, things just, you know, as things get pat, you know, the thing where you whisper in someone's ear and they go around. Yeah, exactly. Changes, you know, but, you know, one thing influences another going on. So this had partial, partial influence. Uh, I would say quite a bit of influence on it, actually. 
But uh, so we'll start. We actually have to start with uh, Vlad the Impaler's fla- father, who was Vlad the Second. Now this oh, they say Vlad again. Vlad. <laughs> you, Dave has a very good uh, vampire <laughs> voice. <laughs> it's from my Dracula days. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but uh, he, anyway, so that took place. Vlad was back in Romania, right. um, and it's around Transylvania area, which is kind okay. of why they use it. So anyway, he was a ruler in that time period. At that time period, there was the Hungarian, I think it was the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. I don't know if it, Austria was included in that or not, but the Hungarian Empire and the Ottoman Empire right. below it. And so they would always clash. So Romania, of course, is part so what, of Hungary. what time period are we talking oh, about? Oh, sorry. Can this you give is about 1400. So in the 1400, 15th century. 1400s, yeah. okay. <clears throat> so yeah, Vlad II um, was the ruler at the time. Um, he was actually part of, well, at the time he was, Hungary was over Romania at the time. Mm-hmm. So they would bow to the the Romanian king, or the Hungarian king, who at that time, see if I can find where it was. Okay, so King Sigismund, One of those Sigismund names, of huh? Hungary, okay. okay, he was later become the Holy Roman Emperor. Anyway, he inducted Vlad II into a knightly order. It was called the Order of the Dragon. Okay. Oh. Hence why Vlad cool. II was called Dracul. Oh, yeah. Dracul. That's what, that's the, yeah, that's what it came from. So it's not actually, I mean, now, well, we can get it to it later, but, you know, they say Dracula, you know. Dracul was actually meaning a name of dragon. Right. So he, Still a pretty cool name. Yeah. Yeah. And they, anyway, so Romania was closer to the Ottomans, so they used them to stem them off. So, and he was pretty good at it. Had two sons. Uh, one was Vlad the Third, or Vlad the Impaler. Mm, that's the, the guy we know. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the other one, but yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they'd been fighting with the Ottomans a lot. One of the Ottoman princes invited uh, Vlad the Second to a diplomatic meeting, and uh, when he did, though, it was really a trap. It's and a he trap. <laughs> yeah. So he captures. Uh, Vlad and okay. his two sons, which he brought with him, takes the two sons, lets the father go free and says, hey, you need to kind of fix what's been going on with this war. I'm going to keep your sons, you know, okay. that, that kind of thing. They did that Makes back sense. then. Yeah. What was it in Game of Thrones? They were doing yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, so he kept the two sons, treated them well. They, they you know, they, okay. were, they were educa- well educated, you know, kept up like princes still. So. But Vlad II then had that conflict, conflicting year. He couldn't go crazy on the Ottomans again like he was. Otherwise, they'd kill his kids. And so because of that, uh, the Hungarian ruler got angry at him. He's like, all right, that's it. You're done. Kind of ends up getting overthrown. <laughs> There's okay. a lo- there ends up being a lot of this. A lot of... Yeah. Okay. So he sense. gets overthrown. Um, and he's out. Um, and then by that time... The two sons are old enough, and they're let go. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger son, who wasn't Vlad, he ends up being really good friends with the Ottomans. He kind of turns mm-hmm. Ottoman. Okay. <laughs> Whereas Vlad, he hated. He was like, he resented being right. uh, uh, captured and, and kept. And so he went back and said, you know what? I hate the Ottomans. And got some support and ended up getting the position back that his father had. In, uh, it was actually called Wallachia, I believe is what it was called, the area. It wasn't actual Transylvania, 
It was, okay. it was, it was a, an area was called Wallachia around it, but it was in it was in Romania. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he gets that area back. Um, doesn't have it for very long because kind of the re- part of the reason he got the area was because the guy that took over for Vla or took over from his father's position was out fighting Ottomans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he wasn't there at the time to fight him or dispute it, and he so. Uh, Vlad the Impaler took over. So when, uh, let's see the guy's name. I can't remember his name. Vladislav. Vladislav. Vladislav II. <laughs> He's the one that was ruling. He comes back two months later and retakes it. So, <laughs> so they're just switching back yeah, and forth. Yeah, so Vlad from the Third's out who again. Who has yeah. power and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, so now, and of course, he didn't like that. So he gets, he, they keep vying for the power and it goes back and forth. Vlad finally gets back in and he's like, all right, that's it. And he wants to make a name for himself. He's tired of the Ottomans and all the influence. He does some, he ends up doing kind of the same thing his captors did. Gets a meeting with some Ottomans, has them come over and sets a trap. Ends up killing them. Okay. And impaling them. Yeah. So what he does, he kills them all, then puts the twitching bodies on spikes and Where does he start from? along the road? What's that? Where does he? How does he do it exactly? Uh, let's see. Hold on a second. If you don't know, if you don't know, I know. What? Well, no, I. It, it's in here. But yeah, if you want the, yeah. you go ahead and say it. Okay, so he literally sticks a spike up their up their butts, and just lets it slowly, you slowly slip down on it. Right. Yeah, but it still holds them up. Yeah, but it's still and you're they're being held up by one spike, and it's just going up through your intestines until it will eventually kill you from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal stuff. These guys were not, he was not messing around and he loved this kind of stuff. Didn't he? Apparently based on all the records, he, of course it was, it was a mean, yeah, we can, we'll get into that too. It was a mean thing, a very ruthless thing. Very kind of, ruthless. Comes across as unethical, even for that day and age, <laughs> yeah, you know, probably, it's, but he does that lines the roads with them. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, now we've got Ottomans protecting us. Like dozens. But they're, you know, just laying on spikes. So that when the next army that comes through, because uh, at this time, this is at the time where Constantinople fell. And the Ottomans could have free reign running back and through okay. Christian Europe. And so he does this. And when they go to come come riding through him, they see this. Yeah, and they see that. And they're they're scared. Be like, yeah, they're like, the what the hell? heck? Yeah. And so it showed he was ruthless, and he was a pretty good to warrior to, to put fear. Yeah, and he's able to kind of keep them back. Right. And so he kind of he stays in for a little bit, but then again gets overthrown. I I don't know if he's overthrown at this point or that the Ottomans take over the area, but he's out again. But and anyway, there's not much else to them. He ends up getting captured and and dying in a prison. Blindness. Later on, yeah, nothing else to him, but yeah, this the, there's oh. there's so many stories. Yeah, there's so just many based stories. on this, just because it was a ruthless thing. Well, there's stories about him that he would drink blood. Yeah, there's stories about it. They don't know if that's true or not. You know, no, because you once never someone does something true. like that, you know how it is. It's almost like someone being elected president. Oh, did you know the president's done? That? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like he's done everything and everything. Yes. And, and so once you impale someone, oh, the sky's the limit with this guy. He's, he'll do anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, that makes sense. And so the stories just went on. So it's not. It's hard to say whether they were or not. They've had yeah, months we don't to know. say. Yeah, he was. He was ruthless, but he was fair. You know. Yeah. And so. You, you just don't know. But that's kind of how a lot of that stuff came across. 
And I've got conflicting reports on his body. Some people say, yeah, his body was nailed in. They impaled his body with nails in the coffin. Oh, okay. So he can escape? That's part of the the vampire lore. The vampire lore. Yeah. Okay. Whereas on the other side, it's it could be people just saying, "Yeah, we'll get you back." Boom, boom, boom. Nailing, right, you know, right. impale him. It wasn't the same way as no. the impaling, but just you know, it's already a corpse anyway. Other people say that they they don't know where his corpse is. They have no idea. Okay. So it's hard to say what, what's what it is. One hundred percent true and what's not. Yeah. There's probably probably truths in both of them in yeah. some ways. All yeah. Right. But his name. Uh, was Dracula because you know, remember his father was Dracul. Dracul. Uh, Dracula is son. Uh, well, well, it okay. So anyway, yeah, because his father's name was Dracul, he was known as son of Dracul, which or an old Romanian Draculea or Dracula. Right. So that's where we get the name Dracula, which is what uh, what uh, Bram Stoker uses. Yes. Yeah. And and so um, the vampirism itself doesn't quite come from that. Uh, from Vlad the Impaler himself, right. but he was a historical figure that they latch onto of being someone so evil, mm-hmm. you know. So and he used, the, yeah, the, part of his lore, yeah, and what, gets and mixed in, he, with mixed in with what, a, a made-up lore with yeah. Bram Stoker, and then he just kind of mixes it all in. Yeah, is that, is that uh huh. Okay, and the vampire stuff itself, it it comes off from a few. There's a few things that it kind of comes off of. Uh, a lot of it, uh, some of them are based off of, a lot of it's based off corpses themselves, and the other ones are based off of diseases. Like Yeah, I liked, you told me this a little bit, so yeah, yeah. go ahead and tell this part, this is cool. Such as rabies, oh. you know, our friend rabies. Because what happens when you have rabies, you're you're crazy, you're aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you don't really, let's see, what is it, uh, you, you, the hydrophobia, you hydrophobia. know, that stuff. And so when you're aggressive, you'll bite, all kinds of things, things like that. So, and, and a lot of that is partially why, you know, the werewolf stuff where they have werewolf attacks because uh, canines. Yeah, which we will cover next week a little bit. Oh, okay. I won't get too much into that. But yeah, rabies is one of the, one of the diseases that helps to uh, um, post a belief in vampires and whatnot. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. There's another one called pellagra. And this is what it is, is it's a niacin deficiency. Okay, what and what, what happens? Mean? You don't have enough of a vitamin in you, and and so okay. by not having it, things start to happen. You die. Okay. So, one of some of the things from it is that you're sensitive to sunlight, and you'll get this dermatitis or a rash that goes around the neck. It looks like a ring around your neck. It looks like a necklace was left. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And and then you'll get you get some hair loss, you know, and swelling. And you're probably you extremely pale. Oh, most likely. Because you're sensitive to sunlight. Sensitive to sunlight. You're yeah. going to be pale. You're not going out in the sun. So, and, and so when people have that, that also would trigger yeah. some of this. That makes sense. You take the, into like, the, the vampires. What you would think a vampire would look like and kind of attribute this yeah. to them. Maybe, maybe the necklace thing is like, they say like, because the, the cross, uh-huh. most people wore crosses back yeah. then and they were allergic to a cross. That, that, maybe burn. that's yeah. something to it. Yeah. Yeah. And they also had trouble sleeping. Stay up at night. <laughs> Trouble vampire, sleeping. You know? That makes sense. Uh, weakness, dementia, you know, all this, you know, the, so that by having something like that, some people would also, oh, they must be a vampire, you know, back before they knew what diseases were. Right. Um, now, on the corpse side, this is kind of, I think, what leads people into the vampire, being leaving the vampires themselves. 
and having the rabies and the pellagra okay. help help accentuate or, or confirm that for them, you know. Okay. Because what it is is when you're when you die, especially times when they've had the plague, everyone dies all the time. They didn't have embalming or things like that, so corpses themselves begin to bloat because of all the the stuff trying After to decay. After they bury them. No, no, they haven't buried them yet. But okay. Let's say they haven't buried them. Even it can happen even when they have buried okay. them too. But yeah, when your a corpse then begins to swell, like right, it bloats. Yeah, I've seen it. Huge. You see it on like on the side of the road with dead animals that have been yeah. run over. You can see them start bloating and yeah. anything like that. Yeah, and so they see stuff like that, and they don't know how to explain this stuff because it's science. Yeah, this they is don't back understand this hundreds stuff of yet. years ago. Yeah, and there's there's a point where. Um, uh, let's see the blow the innards will explode from it mm-hmm. and sometimes people would open up coffins like let's say they were they are buried them like that they would open up the coffins and they'd notice blood dripping from their mouth that's just it's from the innards that's from the innards that exploded right. and they but had nowhere they, else to go but yeah up the mouth yeah and they think of it as oh they've been feeding you know <laughs> and so then they I don't know what it is. Somehow they they're like, oh, we better put a stake through it. We better kill him. We gotta you know? kill this. So thing. they put a stake through him or through the heart or whatever, and it releases more gases. And so they hear this, you know, as like, and they're like, oh, look, he was still alive. Oh, and so, okay. and so people start to think, yeah, he was alive. He was a vampire. You know. Oh, that's and they crazy. They start to believe in these weird theories they would have at the time because they can't explain stuff. Oh. And I think that's mainly how it ended up coming about. And then things like these diseases and stuff where people start to wonder, well, someone alive could be like that. And then mm-hmm. they'd, they'd say, oh, it's them, you know. And so th- that's the main part of how vampires itself came. It wasn't even so much about, you know, the blood is partially because of, you know, the corpse would have it on their, right. on their mouth. They'd say, oh, they must be out drinking it's blood, out killing feeding. people, you know. Yeah. And then because with, they have the diseases, rabies and whatnot, they can transfer to someone else. So if you get bit by a vampire, you what? <laughs> You turn into one. So, so it, it there's so many of these old things that just get passed down, and that's what we have as the culture today. Is from what drives yeah, and it drives, and then Dracula. other people add their influences on it. But yeah. yeah, that's the that makes a lot of sense. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. I like that research. Yeah, you did. but plus you got the vampire bats mixed in there, right in there too. They do. I mean, that's what they do. They that's just suck they on do. blood. So, but they were named after what they think the humans right. themselves exactly. would do. Now, as far as people themselves. It's not safe for people to drink blood. It's not? No. It, blood is considered toxic. Uh, I mean, okay. you've got the pathogens that go through blood. Yeah, people you, could have some how you kind get of rabies and whatnot, yeah. you know? It always passes through the blood. And so if if their blood or they have a disease and you were to drink it, you'd get it. <laughs> like this. So it would be pretty stupid to drink blood, is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah. Plus, blood is high in iron because that's what transfers oxygen around. Mm-hmm. And our bodies can't... Can't hold that much? Yeah, it's a thing you have to balance. You have to have some. Right. But if you have too much, boom. So, like, iron is toxic. Right. But, yeah, we have to have some of it. Okay, so, I mean, it might be safe to drink a little bit, little amounts, but in general, if yeah. you are a vampire out there, I'm sorry, it is not safe for you to be drinking blood. Yeah, they, they say in very small amounts, like a few teaspoons. You know, you're, you're going to be fine, okay. you know, as long as it's free from as pathogens long as and all that. It doesn't have know? disease in it. Yeah, your, your body would be able to handle it. I mean, if you're like drinking it day in, day out, just keep going. <laughs> if you're pounding well, shots of yeah, blood, like I, you, you're you probably could, not going to survive. You run the risk of killing yourself. Yeah, I mean, and, and back on the bats themselves, they have the ability... They've, 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 they've gone through evolution and they've yeah. adapted to be able to do this. They drink, yeah, here it's, it's they drink 
half their body weight in blood on one f- in a half an hour. Yeah, they can. Yeah, and and gorge they themselves. live off. And you're thinking, man, that would kill a human. A human could never do that. Mm-hmm. Even though we're made up of so much blood, we just can't do that. But their their diet requires more iron, and even then, what they get is too much iron. And so they have their you know they have a mucus barrier that. Keep, helps to keep them from getting too much iron in their bloodstreams. Mm. Plus, they just pee it out. Like they'll so, just yeah. they'll const, like their body is able to filter it or out. regurgitate it, and give it to somebody else. Yeah, there give you it go. To another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, you have to be specially adapted to be able to drink blood. Yeah. I, oddly enough, though, there's a guy John Edgar of Georgia Tech. He studies vampires. Even people that claim to be human vampires. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't really want to get into okay. it because it's kind of weird. But people do drink blood, and they're fine. But I, I don't know how much they're drinking, but they 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 uh, swear that they are they feel better from drinking it, and so <laughs> there may be some kind of deficiency where that's how they get it. And who knows? Yeah, you never know with that kind of stuff. Everybody, everybody is different. It could be we a placebo effect. It could we, be. You know, it could be. Or it could be know. something you know, just like how some people have a higher, faster metabolism. Some people don't. They can't metabolize well, and they get huge. But. Maybe some people are able to have evolved like Vlad the Third or whatever, and, and they can get blood out or get the iron out of their system properly. Who knows? You never it's crazy. know. But yeah. So anyway, that's vampires lore as as it stands, as I know, as I've been able to figure that out. Was, but, that was good stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff. There's a lot of. That, there's yeah. a lot more. There's so much more out there about vampires. But yeah. that was good stuff, Dave. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I like the part that makes sense is when their body's in the coffin. Yeah. That, that part registered with me and that, oh, makes, yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, good yeah. job. Thank you. Thanks. I made you actually work this week. But, yeah. <laughs> and it was on something I like. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, good job. Uh, before we finish up, I wanted to ask you, Dave, since there are so many vampire films out there, give me a couple favorites. Maybe top five or top three, something. Okay, Lost Boys has to be in there. And Lost you've got to watch that I, one. I, I need to see that one, I guess. That's like that's your old yeller. you got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch Lost Boys. Um, I did see uh, the Dracula with Bela Lugosi. And it's it's pretty. It, there's this, not much which to one it. This? That's like the black and white. The really old Oh, I've never like seen the, that the one The definitive either. Dracula. Right. Um, it's it's okay, but of course it's back in the thirties, but mm-hmm. looking at it, like it's, they did a, the cinema, the cinematography and some of the, some of the, uh, dialogue or, or conflict with the characters is pretty interesting. Oh, okay. It's not like you would think it was where he's going around. Ah, it's, well, it's got, it's got, uh, what, what, uh, what's his name? The vampire hunter. What's, what's Van Helsing? Yeah. Van Helsing. <laughs> it's got him. Talking to Drake is like I'm going to find out it's you. It's like oh no you you know no you want like they're just having conversation. It was pretty yeah, interesting. Okay, so it's a it's a great concept. Yeah, well all the, the a lot of uh, the monster movies now like uh, Wolfman and all. Uh huh. They were they had films that were made around the 30s time. Yeah, that's like the original The Mummy. Uh huh. Original Mummy was right yeah. on there as well. There's so, there's lots of them. Frankenstein, yeah. Frankenstein, yeah. Frankenstein's a big yeah. one. What's your favorite uh, vampire movie? All right, so I, I wrote a couple down. Uh, do you remember Dracula Dead and Loving It? <sighs> that the sounds one with, familiar. The one with Leslie Nielsen, and it was a com- oh, okay. it was a comedy. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice. stupid, and it, it didn't even it had a terrible score. I was looking it up today, but you know what? I remember watching it with my dad and as a kid, and I was like, "This is funny." I yeah, liked well, it. Yeah, well, his comedy is funny, stupid. Uh, you know? I like it, like yeah. an airplane. <laughs> yeah, 
And then also one of my favorites is Queen of the Damned. Oh, I didn't see that no. one. They had a famous uh, singer, right? Aaliyah. She yeah. died a little bit after the movie was released. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it, was... it wasn't from drinking blood. No, just <laughs> no. It, was, it was a plane crash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Queen of the Damned. I that's I recommend that I'll one to everyone. Check that one out. And then also for some reason, I really liked Dracula 2000. It I had a Gerard Butler as Dracula. Oh really? Yeah. Was it it, it, no, it's not yeah. that good. But uh, it was. It was. I liked it because it was oh. so stupid. But I. It went in theaters and did okay. And they actually made. They've done several in this like series of Dracula. And they made. Oh, okay. They made a Dracula three thousand. In the year 3000. He was oh, like really? on nice. a spaceship. And... <laughs> Once they go to space, that's it. <laughs> that's all there is. And then also, I like Blade. Oh, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Blade's are pretty good. I enjoy. I like the yeah. first one the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I have uh, my, my number one favorite is Twilight. No, it's not. <laughs> I just want to say I know you too well, Matt. <laughs> no, it is definitely not Twilight. I'm going to go with my favorite is Underworld. Okay, yeah. And I'll be honest, partially... Well, they get, they, the, the more recent ones have gotten a little off. But yeah. yeah, well, I'll be honest, partially it's because Kate Beckinsale is so hot. <laughs> and her and um, some skin-tight leather, whew, I could watch it all day. <laughs> and you have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually, and I like the movies too. I think they're kind of fun. Yeah. But those are my top favorite. Yeah, um, those are good. Oh, did you ever... In fact, uh, um, some of the recent stuff, what did I say? I, in fact, I talked about it earlier or i mentioned it what was it i don't know true blood true blood i've never huge seen huge vampire it. series never seen it and that honestly there's there's a vampire culture in louis in new orleans yeah in new and orleans that's kind of where spot. it takes place like you have an interview with a vampire it takes place in, yeah around those parts yeah yeah so that makes sense i could see how it could build up in around the french part yeah all right but we dave let's let's wrap up uh, we hope everyone learned some interesting stuff about vampires and vampire pets. Uh, I know I did. Uh, so uh, for next week, we are going to do another Halloween episode. And we're going to take a dip into the supernatural where we discuss werewolves. Ooh. It's going to be a really good one. I'm, I'm, I am particularly excited for one story that I'm going to cover. Right on. Uh, it's one, it was one that I had even before we started making the... Oh, okay. The episodes. So be sure to listen next week. And once again, thank you to all the listeners. If if you like us, if you like our show, you can show it by going to iTunes or our social media or anything else. Give us five stars. Say something nice. Make Dave and I feel good about ourselves. Uh, we, we don't have any shout-outs this week, but that's okay. Uh, if you leave us a review, we will give you a shout-out next time we see it. A big one. <laughs> <laughs> Remember... If you or someone you know has a cool animal-related story you'd like to share, or maybe you came across a cool animal article and feel the need to send it to us, go ahead and do that. Or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which I'm still figuring out how to do. <laughs> uh, we are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all all the ones we need to be on and uh once again thank you breck snyder and the sports project so go listen to them if you're into sports anything to add dave nope sounds good i'm excited for next week great me too and i'm sure you're excited to go to disneyland again uh yeah all right it's gonna be in the 80s <laughs> is it yeah that sounds nice 
Anyway, this is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Be a part of building this up. And we will see you next week. Bye.